Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Here's Trevin Brazil on uh, the difference between Missouri and Arkansas. We get less water breaks. I would say that's that's probably the main thing. Uh, but we get water. We get well hydrated. But um, I would say uh, it's a, a little more. I won't say it's more intense, but you know, I feel like I, yeah, there's a lot more engagement um, within the practice. You know, we have what eight, nine GAs. So you know, them bringing energy. We got managers bringing energy. All the coaches bringing energy. Players bringing every day. So it's just a it's a it's a different vibe over here. I like how he kind of corrected himself. Didn't want to get Muss in trouble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, whoa, are we going back to the old days where we don't get water? No water breaks? You're not playing well? No, you don't get any water. You don't need any water? That toughens you up. Ah, I can still hear my eighth grade coach yelling about yeah. water breaks. We're not going to get a water break because we're not playing well enough. We're too soft. They did that in our day, too. Did they? Yeah. Well, I think we finally learned need water. Let's go to the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. We got Tom Murphy from the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, WholeHogSports.com. Tom, welcome in. How are you? I'm doing great. We at Smackover High School, we had to earn our uh, mm-hmm. ice. There yeah. was a big ice chest, and everybody put their grubby hands in the ice. <laughs> we did have to earn that. <laughs> you know, it's it, they're they're fortunate that people weren't just dropping dead left and right. Yeah. I remember in seventh grade football up in Flint, Michigan, we had Coach Cole. And we were the Mandeville Junior High Spartans. And he said, a Spartan has no need for comfort or luxury. I'm like, well, I'd I'd still like a drink of water. I don't think that's going to make me, you know, unfit for blocking on the offensive line. So uh, there you go. We had a water hose. Literally, we had a water water hose. hose. Yeah, because the practice field was a long way from the field house. That was a high-tech operation. You were having a water hose. And we were were happy to drink from that water hose. Down in Texas, they got Bobby Boucher now as the water engineer. We had a water hose, and there was a pipe with holes stuck in it, and the water would shoot out the pipe, and you had to put your (laughs) I think they do that for dogs at the shelter. So there you go. (laughs) Times have changed a little bit. Tom, are you uh, kind of excited for next week and the report for football and the first first day? day of uh, fall camp yeah i am i mean we, we we got kids moving this summer so there's been a lot of that action and uh i'm trying to take it slow the end of this week because once we crank it up it's a long long stretch until postseason so uh i'm excited about that I, I, I heard y'all talking about the hoops right before i came on that was uh super hypey that looked pretty nice um i'm, I'm gonna say one more thing on practices uh i'm a i'm a smart aleck and I would get in trouble with the coaches for mouthing off. But um, the one time I had to restrain myself, the coach said, we're going to practice until the moon comes out. And the moon was already out. <laughs> you, could see it over there. <laughs> you could see that moon over there. And I want to say, coach, the moon is out. But I didn't do it, man. <laughs> that was a smart move. You yeah. would have paid for that remark. <laughs> Tom Murphy with yeah. us. Yeah. Hey Tom, uh, with the uh, were you at the press? Did you get to go watch the basketball team? Oh, I did. I did. Yeah. What What do you think? What I mean, just your reaction to seeing them. Right. Okay. I don't want to get over hypey, <laughs> but you see on this roster, they can play big, they can play small, they can play fast guys, they can be very, very long on the perimeter. They look like they're going to be a better three point shooting team. So you look at you look at some of the flaws of last year's team and, and Eric Musman pointed it out. They shot thirty point something percent from three point range. That ranked 
320 among the 350 teams. Got to get that figured out. Um, and in fact, Musselman was like a little bit perplexed that teams that shoot threes that way usually don't make the final eight, and Arkansas did. So here are the ways we need to improve. We're going to be a better shot block team. We're going to be a better three-point shooting team. The, the competition for playing time on this roster is going to be fierce because there's guys that you're like, hey, how is he going to handle, you know, five minutes a game or, you know, sporadic action. So um, they have pieced together a very talented roster. There's scorers, there's shot blockers, there's rebounders. They can play all kinds of different ways. It's the kind of team that you look at on paper and say if they put it together, if they can avoid major injuries to two or three guys, they have a chance to go well in the postseason. Who stood out to you? Well, I thought Smith did as a ball handler, as a leader in, during the huddles. And he even said, like, they asked all three of the guys who were up there, Smith and, and Black and, um, and Brazil, you know, who, who are leaders on this team? Nick Smith's first response was like, I am. So he, he's kind of got that mantle. He's got that look of a kid who puts in the time, who um, listens to the coaches, who communicates. I mean, uh, you know, and I think Devo Davis is going to be a leader too. But um, Smith had some passes the other day that were just on point for, for dunks. I know he got one to Jordan Walsh, another one to one of the Mitchell brothers. He had a double hesitation move with, I think, Ricky Council gardening, left-handed, and shot a short bank shot from it that was just a thing of beauty. I mean, he knows how to score. But a bunch of people stood out. There was three-point shooting that stood out. Um, Kamani Johnson on the rebounding. It was a physical, tough practice, and it was practice three of preseason. Unbelievable. So out of the non-five stars who really stood out to you, Well, I, I'm not sure who all the five stars are, but I guess Walsh, Walsh, Smith, Black, and Black. Smith. Yeah, yeah. Is it just um, me, or does Walsh I, remind anybody else of Charlie Villanueva? I think it's because they both have <laughs> alopecia. They kind of look alike. Yeah, they they do. I'm not saying their games are alike, but yeah. Anyway, yeah, I think Villanueva was six nine, a little bit more back to the basket. I, I think Walsh is going to be a, a, a phenomenal hmm. uh, player for them. Um, uh, of the non-five stars, I mean, the transfers, those guys were looking good. I think I think Ricky Council is going to be a great, adaptable guy who can guard a bunch of different positions, play a bunch of different positions. He's going to be an intense leader on the team. Um, you know, I, I think I think a Trey Wade guy who could probably score a little bit more and is, might be a little more athletic, um, or maybe more, more comparable to Audis Tony. Is but there any chance that Darian Ford sees the floor, or do you think he might have to wait wait his turn? When, when I look at the overall landscape of that roster, I mean, I, you can see Ford's got some talent and athleticism. Um, I Hard to project, and if injuries play a part, that, that changes things. But I think it maybe he and Pinion, um, and maybe even uh, the kid from Mobile, mm-hmm. um, might have to deal with lesser playing time. It's just hard to say, but that that would be my original take. Mm-hmm. Do you think Muss will extend beyond his usual eight-man rotation? I think um, 
I, I think he might need to this year to um, because I think he's going to be able to get production. And I'm talking about rebounding production from different guys, scoring production, defensive production uh, from from a different array of guys. And I and I think that they might be able to go ten deep and sustain, or maybe even eleven. Um, so I'm I'm thinking that when it gets to crunch time, that they'll be able to do that more than they did last year. Tom Murphy with us on the uh, Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Tom, the team reports. When do they report next week? Football team. Uh, I believe it's going to be Thursday, which is the fourth, mm-hmm. and then or yeah, uh, that's right. And then I think practice starts on Friday. I, I, I might be off by a day, but that's what I believe is, is the case. Biggest question mark for you for football when you uh, want to go watch these practices? What are you looking for? Uh, well, you know, you kind of look at the whole gamut, but I want to see if what they did on the front defensively carries over, you know, from spring, if that carries over, you know, Torian Carter won't be available for a while. I mean, do they have the depth to sustain, you know, his injury? Um, they blitzed a lot and I thought they really put the O-line in some, some binds in spring. Um, I mean, are they going to keep doing that? Um, you know, what, what is Drew Sanders going to look like as a, a guy who can rush, a guy who can play the play the run as well, probably even cover. So, um, uh, you know, I, I like I like the numbers they have on the defensive backfield. Will any of the youngsters like uh, Brown or Lewis be able to to break into the you know the, the playing rotation um, receiver? Mm-hmm. You know, who mm-hmm. are going to be? We we think we think we know who the main guys are going to be. And by the way. KJ pointed out that Keetron Jackson had a really great summer. Like that, their their vibe together is good. So will Keetron, Jaden Hazelwood, uh, Matt Landers, uh, Jaden Wilson? Um, I know I'm leaving somebody out. Are they going to be uh, the the go to guys for KJ? Um, and then, you know, I, I think I think the O line. There's a little bit of, of pressure on them to to be better than they were in spring because. If they can, if they can run the way they did last year, it's going to open so many more things up for KJ in the pass game. I saw KJ last night, Tom. I was very impressed with the way he looks. It is obvious to the eye that he has lost weight. Yeah, you know, when we heard that he didn't go to Manning camp, I was concerned that weight might have been an issue. He said it was a groin. Um, I mean, you can still show up at Manning camp even if your groin is tweaked, but that's what he said. Um, but he said he also weighed one. What did he say? He weighed two forty-two and wants to get to two thirty-five, something like that. So he's he's in the ballpark. He looked every bit as healthy mm-hmm. and you know ready to go as he did last year. And honestly, at what point did KJ Wayne weighing two forty-five come into play in a negative way? I'm not sure if it ever did. He didn't so weigh two forty-five last year. I guarantee you, two fifty-five. Maybe two sixty. Oh, wow, I mean, he, and, and he looks like he's ever, dropped twenty pounds to me, Tom. Awesome. I mean, just in his face, looking at it. I mean, he had a belly last year. I mean, he was big for a quarterback. <laughs> I mean, he did. Yeah. I mean, I've seen video of, like him celebrating after the game, and he's like raises his arm up and he's doing the Razorback and you know fight, watch here, whatever. <laughs> and you see his shirt raises up, and you're like, dude's got a belly. He's a quarterback, you know. He doesn't have that yeah. anymore. But, but, 
But ask yourself, though, did that ever come into play? I mean, maybe fatigue in the Auburn game after the huge week against Ole Miss. But, but yeah, if he's playing around 235, 240, I think everything's fine with him. And, honestly, you know, it might help with the durability a little bit. Maybe, but then, too, the the pounding that you take in the SEC and the hits that you take sometimes, <laughs> you know, it's it's like a train. You know, at 260, you're hitting a guy with two, that's at 235. Who's going to win that or who's going to feel mo- most of that or take absorb all that collision? That's the guy at 235, and all of a sudden, if he's at – 235 and hitting another linebacker 235 it's like two rams hitting each other you know the mm. the the big longhorn sheep that are hitting each other so i didn't see many cornerbacks wanting to take him on when he was running no. downhill no he's a more safeties i mean yeah. it's it's more like it a linebacker is what needs to be ta- or defensive lineman is what needs to take him down but he did not look like a defensive lineman last night or a linebacker he, he looked like a, a more of a dual threat type quarterback he, he does, and, um, you know, he led the team in rushing last year and at 644, whatever that was. I'd like to see him more in the 500 to 600 range and uh, not taking as much, quite as much pounding and, and un- unleashing that running back core because, to me, that's, that might be the strength of this team is how, how deep they are at tailback and the, and the versatility they can have between Johnson, Rocket Sanders, and A.J. Green and – Dubinion, and it can go even deeper than that. We'll start there with you, Tom. We've had a series of questions of the day, and we'll, we'll catch you up with it. One of them was, who do you think leads the team in rushing this year? And we included KJ in our question of the day, but we threw out the other running backs. Who do you think leads the team in rushing? Um, I'll just go first. Yeah, I'm going to go Sanders. I mean, I think, you know, he might end up starting. Johnson might end up starting, but they're just going to rotate a lot. And I think Rocket has some – some break, breakaway ability, and uh, he's going to know the offense a little better. I'll, I'll go Rocket there. Our other one was who leads Arkansas in receiving for the upcoming season? Jaden Hazelwood, Keetron Jackson, Malik Hornsby, or other? Yeah, I just think – I mean, I really think Malik Hornsby is going to be good for them, but I don't know if he's going to be in the realm of catching five or six passes a game. Um, I'll, I will go Hazelwood because – what we saw in spring, he is a great talent. I think he's got hands like Traylon Burks. He's going to make some good one-handed catches, contested catches. Um, and Keytron might be the only one to challenge him or, or Trey Knox at tight end. Today, Tom, we're asking, besides Alabama, who's the most difficult home game for Arkansas? you got South Carolina, Cincinnati, LSU, and Ole Miss. Ole Miss, yeah. Yeah, that, that one could be, you know, it just depends on what injuries play out through the course of the year and all. But the way Ole Miss has played, um, um, I think that one that one could be there. I mean, LSU, y'all, to me, is the most intriguing team in the SEC this year because of the coaching chain and then how few players they return, starters. Um, anything could happen with that team. I mean, if they went 4-4 four and four in the league or, or – um, or six and two, or seven and one, or two and six. None of that. None of it would just shock me. You know, anything can happen with LSU. Do you think the kid transferring from Arizona State at quarterback is going to be a difference maker? Um, I, I think the biggest thing Brian Kelly's going to have to choose is how, what style of offense he wants to run. Are they mm-hmm. going to be, you know, a drop back team with what Miles Brennan seems to be his forte, or or with Daniels, are they going to uh, you know, be kind of a the read option stuff that that he can do. So, I, 
I, I think he could be a difference maker. And someone was telling me, you know, this kid can't pass when we were at media day. But I went back and looked. He had some huge passing numbers at Arizona State in his freshman and sophomore year. It looked like he regressed a little bit. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I don't know. I, I think they're probably going to do do a blended offense, and um, whichever quarterback they can take off with, they'll run with. But um, I, I think he can be a difference maker. What do you think is the second most difficult period on the schedule? Besides Alabama, which one do you think is the most difficult game? Uh, you know, probably AM. They're going to be laying for Arkansas after what happened last year. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they, uh, yeah, A&M's got a difficult stretch, too, there after Arkansas as well. But, um, yeah, I think that is going to be the most difficult. And, and y'all, I don't know what to make of Cincinnati. I know they had a lot of personnel losses, Ritter, the cornerback, and so on. But, but they've built a pretty good program there. They've recruited well. So, um when you see preseason rankings, Arkansas is generally higher than Cincinnati, but there's a couple that have Cincinnati ranked higher than Arkansas. I'm sure Arkansas will be a favorite by maybe, what, five points or six points. I'm not sure what the line will look like, but that's going to be a tough game as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's seven, I thought, was late. Cincinnati and Arkansas week one is uh, Arkansas. They're a, seven a good, point solid, fundamental team, and they don't beat themselves, so the Hogs will have to play well, take care of the ball. And they're used to winning right now, so mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sure that's been instilled in the in the in the program. And I, it's going to be a super hot day down here, so that's going to play into it as well. I saw I was reading a preview about Cincinnati. They hit the transfer portal also, and they felt like they had uh, been, been, you know been able to go in, dip in, and and find some guys that can step in and play right away, and to to replace the the loss of the starters who went to the NFL. So. Yeah, we've seen Arkansas have success with the transfer portal. They're going to need it again this year, honestly, mm-hmm. with uh, Hazelwood and the linebacker position. They, they they need and the defensive line position. They need those guys to come in and contribute right away. Oh yeah, there's no question about it. And the D line is going to be, you know, and you ask me things I'm going to look at. Yeah, I'm going to look at how you know Landon Jackson what he looks at and Jordan Dominic, um, the the various transfers, the Arkansas State transfer, all these guys. And just see, you know, who's getting playing time? Who goes to the front of the line? Who's being a leader? You know, um, um, who's who's listening to the coaches? Who, who's running with the ones? Who's running with the twos? Just see how that shakes out on the defensive front. That's going to be big. And um, yeah, following up with Cincinnati, the, the one good thing Arkansas does get, whatever quarterback they're playing, uh, this will be his first game in the system of, of any magnitude. So that's going to be. Uh, you can bet Barry Odom is going to look to really try to ho- hope the home crowd plays out and gets get, gets that quarterback behind the chain. And I think that's another thing. Uh, you know, Pigskin and I were talking about South Carolina. I think it's a good thing for Arkansas. They're playing South Carolina week two with Spencer Rattler yeah. and, and really trying. It's better to play him in week two than I think week eight, nine, ten when South Carolina he's had some time to to get comfortable in that offense. I agree, and you know. I've been on this show many times where we've talked about a bad break where a guy's coming back from injury or whatever, and they play Arkansas at the right time for them. You know, they play Vanderbilt when they're up. Just those types of things. But it looks like when you're a good program and you kind of make, you know, you're a team that makes your own break, yeah. that suddenly, you know, they're catching Cincinnati in a down down point. They're catching South Carolina at probably a good time. You know, other teams, they're, they're, they're changing out their quarterbacks or just whatever, and you're like, dang. You know, Arkansas's got a really hard schedule, maybe the toughest in the country, 
but they are catching a couple of breaks. Mm-hmm. So it's just amazing, like, when you, you turn yourself into a good program, how the outlook becomes for you. Do you remember what Branch Rickey said, Tom? Luck is the residue of design. There you go. Yep. And how about – And how, I think that – yep. I was just going to say, how about uh, catching Alabama the week before they play A&M? You know how much hype is going to be surrounding Alabama A&M. Now, Saban's going to have his team focused, but you know what? There's going to be a lot of people targeting that game. Alabama's going to be exhausted when they play Arkansas by running for 100 touchdowns against A&M. They might be no, tired. No, it's the next week they play <laughs> Oh, it's A&M. the next week. Yeah, okay. it's the next week. Well, then they'll be thinking about running for touchdowns. <laughs> Maybe so. And as it was pointed out by one of our listeners today, uh, BYU, the week before they play Arkansas, plays Notre Dame. So mm-hmm. that's a good break. It is. It, it, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's yes. All those kind of things are falling more in line with, quote, a good break. It's a great point. This year. Tom, we appreciate your time, as always. And think about it. Next week when we're talking, about, we're talking with you on a Friday, you, you may be at practice or getting ready for practice. I don't know what time it's going to start, that first practice, but my point is we'll have football next Friday. Yes, It'll sir. be no time, boys. <laughs> I'm ready. Tom, thanks. Have a great weekend. Enjoy uh, these last six days. Awesome. Have a great weekend, everybody. Tom Murphy from the Arkansas Democrat Gazette and wholehogsports.com.